This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Monday, November 8th, another winning weekend for BYU football, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who is ready to give up his hair if it means BYU football earns a New Year's Six bowl game bid, Jason Shepard. Look, the closest that I am going to get to shaving my head is when I go get my hair cut and get the one and a half on the sides (laughs) and back, okay? That's about as close as I... Look, at my age, to still have very thick hair, I'm I'm not messing with that. I am not going to mess with it. Many of us are jealous. Yours truly <laughs> so. included. Kyle Griffiths has some fantastic yes. flow, but he made a deal with his BYU football position group that if the special teams blocked a punt or returned uh, a play for a touchdown, and it both happened on the same play from Keanu right. Hill, he'd shave his head after the game. And they straight up shaved his head Look, in he, the locker room. He lived up to, to, the, uh, to what he said he would do. <laughs> eating a, I love eating Mason a cougar Wake tail. Just hammering, hammering that donut in the back. <laughs> Everybody's getting involved. Look, look, President Worthen getting in there. I love it so That's much. That's fantastic. Such a good sport. Kyle Griffiths, bless you, sir. And he had the military camo gear yes. on. It looks like it, it's supposed yes. to be that way. Okay, so have you ever shaved your head? Like, did you ever go, like, I, I never did this. We've done this with our with our boys growing up. You know, the summer, like, you shave the head. Just yes, to not yes. Worry. Did you ever have that? I buzzed my head when I was a little kid. I, I, I was six never or seven, done that. I did that a few times. I've never, never done that. I've, I've never had my head shaved. This is why it needs to happen, no, Jason. No, no, <laughs> no. Freedom. No, it's uh, again. I just worry. You see that that Seinfeld yeah. episode yeah. where Elaine's boyfriend was was bald, and then she saw his driver's license, and he had hair in it, and he's like, "Oh, I could grow it back if I wanted." So she wanted him to. And then he couldn't. <laughs> Look, it's my—it's one of my fears. It always goes back to a Seinfeld <laughs> yes, <it> episode. Does. <laughs> that is the standard of how we need to make our most important life decisions. Like, should we shave our head ever? That's why Seinfeld is the greatest sitcom of all time, because all life experiences revolve around Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> oh, here's your clean-cut show lineup, Jason. Did BYU football do enough over the weekend? Couple with four teams ahead of the Cougars in the playoff rankings losing for BYU to make a jump this week? If so, how many spots? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will answer those questions, and he will outline the best thing that BYU accomplished in Saturday's 59-14 win against Idaho State. Plus, meet BYU's new five-star signee, Kingsley Suamata'ia, in Studio B, making his show debut last weekend. You don't want to miss that interview. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football beating Idaho State 59-14 to improve to 8-2 heading into the bye week. The game featured obviously a lot of offense as well as some special, special teams play. Blocked into the end zone. Touchdown, BYU. They've been coming close. Keanu Hill. Whoa, great play. 
And it was, by the way, first time since 2004 that BYU has blocked a punt for a touchdown. Fantastic. Happened against Air Force in 2004. Also, BYU moved up to 14th in the AP poll. We will have to wait and see if they did enough to move up in tomorrow's updated college football playoff rankings. I just want to say I appreciate your Keanu Reeves impersonation. Whoa. We've gone too far. <laughs> we know too much. <laughs> Kingsley Suomataia, five-star transfer from Oregon, signs with BYU for next season. He'll have four years of eligibility. How long is he planning on staying, however, because he has in, I mean, really high NFL expectations. 6'6", 317 pounds. That's what he's listed as. We ask him what he actually is. You'll hear that in the conversation. Out of nearby Orem High School and uh, was part of the Ducks' 2021 signing class. Now he's at BYU, Jason. This is only the third five-star recruit that BYU's ever had in some fashion commit. The previous two didn't end up at BYU. One went to Texas Tech. The other was Ben Olsen. He ended up at UCLA. This feels like it's a done deal. He's he's going to be at BYU. And he's going to be on this show uh, towards the end yeah. in, uh, what, in about 35, 35 minutes? minutes or so. You don't miss it. How about that? Cougars in the NFL this weekend. Sione Takitaki had seven tackles in a Browns convincing win over your Cincinnati Bengals. I don't want to talk about it. Fred Warner had 14 tackles in a 49ers loss to the Cardinals. Who saw Arizona doing this? And they didn't have Murray or Hopkins. That's crazy. Holt. McCoy. Colt, Colt McCoy was the quarterback, and they still blew out the 49ers in uh, Santa Clara. And uh, Kyle Van Oy had two tackles and two pass deflections in a New England Patriots win versus the Panthers. I'm always happy for my guy Sione when he plays well. Yes. They just embarrassed my Bengals. But let's be honest, most teams have embarrassed my Bengals over the past decade. The Jets <laughs> embarrassed your Bengals. <laughs> oh, boy. BYU women's soccer in dramatic fashion. Win a share of the West Coast Conference Championship in double overtime, 1-0. Cameron Tucker, the senior, coming up clutch. She scored the goal, and it sounded like this. Looking back, stick, balls inside the area. Awkwardly, Tucker, and in! Cameron Tucker! And the Cougars are co-WCC champions. Incredible finish at Southfield. 3,700-plus fans showed up for that game and witnessed the championship. How crazy was it that the WCC championship came down to an overtime win by Santa Clara yep. and a double overtime win by BYU, both going into uh, extra time. Pretty Drama. cool. Hey, Selection Monday, we yeah. find out where the BYU women will play their first round, and if they got seeded, RPI at number 26, not great. Looking for uh, multiple games to host. Yeah, 2.30 Mountain Time today, I believe at uh, NCAA.com. Number six, BYU women's volleyball beats Portland on the road three to nothing. Kinsey Kerber had 12 kills and 10 digs, getting her sixth double-double of the season. BYU hosts Pepperdine on Thursday on BYU TV. They're pacing for a perfect WCC season. Congratulations to Ashley Hatch as we move back to women's soccer for another note. The most valuable player in the National Women's Soccer League. She won the Golden Boot for 10 goals in the regular season. And uh, she scored the, scored the game-winning goal for the Washington Spirit in their first playoff game. Outstanding Ashley Hatch. She's phenomenal. And Cougars overseas, how about Brandon Davies? 12 points, two assists, and seven rebounds is uh, in a FC Barcelona win 
They're ninth, by the way, in the uh, the ACB. Also, TJ Hawes averaged 13 and a half points and eight rebounds in two losses for the Lakeland Magic of the G League. Also, in two games, Kyle Collinsworth in the first game, 12 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, almost a triple-double. That was Friday. And then on Saturday, nine points, seven rebounds, eight assists. Again, almost a triple-double for Mr. Triple-Double. That's what he does. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU football beats Idaho State by 45 points. The 15th-ranked Cougars. Jump up to number 14 in the AP poll. They're number 15 in the coaches poll. We'll wait and see what happens tomorrow. They're number 15 right now in the college football playoff rankings. Everything that happened over the weekend, four teams above BYU losing in the college football playoff poll. BYU, of course, taking care of business. And the two of the three teams right behind the Cougars also lost, Jason. So did enough happen with all of those details that results in a BYU jump of any magnitude in the college football playoff poll tomorrow night. Yeah, and I'm glad you said of any magnitude, because right now we just don't know what type of jump to expect. But yes, because there were losses ahead of BYU, some directly in front of BYU, I expect BYU to move up at least a spot. Getting two spots would be great. I think, however, unfortunately for the Cougars, I I think – their ceiling is going to be determined by how far Baylor drops. Obviously, they both have two losses. One of BYU's losses was to Baylor. So I I just don't see any scenario in which the college football committee would put BYU ahead of Baylor right now. So that's really the, the biggest question for me is where does Baylor drop? They were 12. Ended up losing to TCU. We, obviously, everybody was following those, following all of the games ahead of BYU. Yeah. That was certainly one I was following closely because, you know, you're wanting all these teams ahead of the Cougars to lose. But when you look at that game, it's like, yeah, but probably not that one. Because BYU, let's be honest, got in at number 15, not just because of the strength of their schedule, but because one of their losses was to a really, really good Baylor team. You want Baylor to stay in the committee's eyes, one of those upper echelon teams. So right now, I, I think that's really the biggest question we're, we're waiting on is to see where they fall because I just can't see BYU leapfrogging them when they both have the same record and the Bears have the head-to-head matchup. So right now I'm expecting at least uh, a one-spot jump, which is good. Just keep climbing. Sure. Baylor and BYU have the same number of losses, but you have to give the advantage based on what the committee told us last week with the Oregon and Ohio State result, Oregon winning at the horseshoe early in the season, that they value the head-to-head results. And so Oregon ended up above Ohio State. BYU loses at Baylor. How far do the Bears drop? I think it's one spot, probably, given everything that happened around them. You think they dropped to 13? And BYU jumps up to number 14 because they have the same number of losses. What does the committee do with Wake Forest, the number nine team? They lose against North Carolina in a shootout. Apparently there's no defense in the ACC at all. (laughs) 58-55 that game. We saw what happened between BYU and Virginia. But maybe Wake Forest drops down to number 12 from number 9. How much are they going to be penalized for losing on the road against North Carolina in a wild shootout for their first loss? And then there's Michigan State, who beat Michigan. How do they handle that situation? Because it's head-to-head again. Michigan has one loss. Michigan State has one loss. But Michigan State beat Michigan head-to-head in East Lansing. So even though Michigan State lost to Purdue, do they fall below Michigan? Like there are a number of those scenarios playing out right now. 
does the committee stay true to what happens on the field with teams that have the same number of losses when it comes down to a head-to-head? See, this is what I think is going to happen, and I agree with you on the 13 and the 14 with BYU. I think I think you're going to have Wake Forest drop to 12. Okay. I think you're going to have – or excuse me, to 11. 11. Excuse me. Uh, goes all the way to 11. You're going to have Texas A&M up to 12. Okay. Baylor at 13, BYU at 14. I, I think that's probably what happens. It is all so fascinating. And I love it. I wish it, that the College Football Playoff poll came out on Monday night. I know. Well, I don't want to wait until Tuesday like, night. It, it really is a shame that Baylor couldn't pull that one out because then I think BYU realistically jumps at least two spots. I think BYU gets an extra spot if Baylor just wins that game. So it 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 stinks that the Baylor lost, and that's the one team of all of them that you sure. didn't want to lose, and unfortunately they did. But, I again, it just caps how far BYU can climb. Had they won, I think BYU gets at least a two-spot jump. Sure, yeah. If Baylor beats TCU, and that TCU loss by Baylor is equivalent to BYU losing to Boise Yeah, very similar, yes. It just feels like a, huh? Clearly, Gary Patterson was holding the Horned Frogs back. (laughs) We love Gary. We do love Gary. (laughs) And I'm sad he won't be involved when BYU gets into the Big 12 because he was part of that BYU-TCU rivalry. Story for another day. But yeah, if Baylor wins that game, then BYU probably jumps two spots to number 13. And we do need to point out that given what's happened in the past, if there's a Power 5 team that looks good, that is behind BYU, right. then there is absolutely potential for that team to jump over BYU. Ole Miss played kind of a weird close game against Liberty. It was 27-14. It wasn't that close in the first half, but Liberty kind of made it a game in the fourth quarter. So I don't think Ole Miss did enough to jump BYU, but then the two teams right behind Ole Miss, 17 and 18 in the poll, Mississippi State and Kentucky, both lost. Yeah. So I don't see a scenario where BYU gets jumped. No, I don't see them being leapfrogged. See the Cougars jumping one spot to number 14, Behind number 13, Baylor, Wake Forest number 12, Texas A&M number 11, and then Oklahoma State probably hits that number 10 spot. But Oklahoma State has to play Oklahoma coming up and probably a Big 12 championship. There's going to be so much chaos that ensues. So by sheer attrition of who has to play each other in these ranked, highly ranked head-to-head matchups, how much will BYU benefit from that over the next three weeks? And the Cougars, of course, on a bye after they beat Idaho State. Yeah, you, you were certainly hoping for a bigger jump, knowing that you don't play a game next week, and so the likelihood that you jump on a bye week is, is pretty slim. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But getting the – if you, I know we keep going back to if Baylor had won, but if you could get the, the two-spot jump, I think that helps going into a bye week when you, you can't really do much about it. Sure. I'm going to give you three teams to root for this week right now. Right now. Virginia, everybody needs to be massive Virginia fans against Notre Dame. Then there is don't don't say it. Penn State and Michigan. Okay, I'm glad you did. Okay, <laughs> Michigan at Penn State. I'm yeah. not going to go there, Jason. Okay, okay. I'm not going there. Just I'm not down. going to that dark place for you. Okay, okay. Penn State against Michigan. Root for Penn State. Root for Virginia. And then the Oregon State, Oregon Washington State game is interesting because I know fans are like, oh, Oregon's not that great. Maybe they should lose. Does Oregon need to beat Washington State to maintain their position for now so that two Pac-12 teams don't get into the college football or the New Year's Six Bowl games? 
It's interesting. It's a lot. There's a lot going on with Oregon in their situation, okay. certainly. We want you to answer the question that we've just been asking ourselves. Did enough happen this weekend that results in a BYU jump in the college football playoff rankings? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right. Krista Van Dolzer on Twitter leads us off in our social media responses. She says, if BYU goes up, it will only be a spot or two. Baylor's loss will hurt more than help BYU, as there's no way the committee will rank BYU ahead of Baylor while both teams have two losses. I just don't see a scenario where that happens. If they do, then it goes against, it goes against everything what they, said. That they set up last yes, week. Yes. But, but I will say this. How often did we say, wait a second, the week before you said this and then you did this just a year ago? Like, I'm not putting it past the committee to come up with some absolutely head-scratching scenarios. We'll see what happens. But I don't think BYU jumps more than one spot. Yeah, I certainly would not expect that. All right, coming up, is landing five-star recruits the new norm for BYU? ESPN's Trevor Maddish discusses BYU's new five-star recruit and if it's a trend. And how high does he think the Cougars will jump in the college football playoff hole? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today on Coordinator's Corner, Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick and Defensive Coordinator Eli Satuyaki join the show to recap the Idaho State victory. Catch it on the BYU TV app at 1 Eastern. We are live in Studio B on a Monday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, teamed up alongside Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. We now welcome into the show for another loaded Maddich Monday ESPN college football insider, analyst, expert, all-around good man, Trevor Maddich. Trevor, great to have you back on the show. Were you scoreboard watching as closely as we were for BYU football over the weekend? Yep, I was scoreboard watching at the beginning, and when I saw them go up so much in the first half, then I was actually watching the game too. But the uh, then I paid less attention to it because I was watching eight games doing college game day on ESPN radio, right? So BYU was up there. And then I was also paying attention towards the end to see, you know, how the, some of the young guys would do and everything else. But, you know, no matter what happens, it's important, even if it doesn't seem important because of the score. And that second half was in some ways just as important as the first. Trevor, did enough happen this weekend given BYU's 59-14 victory over Idaho State? They, of course, take care of business. But with the four teams above BYU in the college football playoff poll losing number three, number nine, number 12, number 13, did enough happen there that BYU makes a jump in the college football playoff poll when it's revealed tomorrow night? Yes, I think, Spencer, that they will they will edge up. There's still a lot of football left to be played, both by teams in front of BYU and teams behind BYU, and, of course, BYU. They have to take care of business as well. The committee is big on who you beat, and who you lose to, right? And so you look at Auburn. Auburn lost to Texas A&M, ranked number 14th. They'll move up in the poll. And they're just a couple of spots above BYU in the last poll. We'll see what happens tomorrow on Tuesday when the committee comes out with their latest ranking. But the thing about, about Auburn, they picked up their third loss. But the committee will see that they lost to Penn State early in the season on the road. Penn State was ranked number 10 at the time. Then they lost to number one Georgia. And then they lost to A&M, which, again, is going to move up close to the top 10. And they have a chance, Auburn does, to pick up a quality win when they play Alabama at home at the end of the regular season. And that might allow Auburn, even with three losses, to move up ahead of BYU 
even if BYU is 10 and 2. So, you know, you've got to watch ahead and behind. An interesting one really is Oklahoma State because they sit at number 11 right now. They won this last weekend and they will have to play Oklahoma in the regular season and maybe Oklahoma twice if they make it to the Big 12 championship game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But Oklahoma could knock Oklahoma State behind BYU. Michigan State was number three last week. They lost, picked up their first loss. But at the same time, they've still got to play Ohio State and Penn State, two teams with very good passing attacks. And Maryland, by the way, a team with a very good passing attack as well. And that's Michigan State's Achilles heel. The Spartans could potentially pick up another loss or two, which could put them behind BYU, even though they started, you know, they were number three in the last poll. So it'll be interesting to see what happens up there. I guess the, the, the summary is that BYU right now is in really good position to get up to number 12 and possibly have a chance at the New Year's Six. And that is, you can see the scenarios playing out, but they have to look not just in front, but also behind at other teams that have some possibilities at real quality wins as the season wears down that they can use to jump BYU. See, Trevor, I think the most interesting part of what happened over the weekend is obviously all the teams ahead of BYU, Cougar fans wanting all those teams to lose. But the one maybe you didn't is Baylor, and they obviously did lose. That's a team BYU already has a loss to. So you said that you think BYU could climb up maybe as high as 12. With both teams having two losses, speaking of BYU and Baylor, do you think that the committee would leapfrog the Cougars over Baylor, knowing that the Bears have already beaten BYU? Jason, if they do that, I'll be mad at the committee. Because if two teams have the same record and there's a head-to-head, the committee must respect the result on the field. That's why they put Oregon ahead of Ohio State in their first ranking last week, because they they saw that even though Ohio State is right now much the better team, Oregon beat them head-to-head, and they both have the same record. If Oregon and Ohio State both win out and become one-loss conference champions, I don't care how good Ohio State is. I don't care that they get to play highly ranked teams like Michigan and Michigan State down the stretch. It's important to me that the head-to-head be respected as a player. As a player, I don't want, you know, a bunch of people in an air-conditioned room with shrimp and croissants catered in there for a nice (laughs) meal to find some algorithm that they can plug into a spreadsheet that would overcome my victory on the field against that team. And that, that would be just wrong. And so if it's wrong there, then it would also be wrong here. And as long as BYU and Baylor maintain the same record, Baylor must stay ahead of BYU because of that head-to-head. But remember, we're assuming BYU wins out right now, and that's not a done deal. Uh, but they, they've got to take care of business. But Baylor still has to play some tough games, including Oklahoma once and maybe twice. So things will take care of themselves. Okay, Trevor, with that backdrop of knowledge that you've just given us on where Baylor fits into this and the head-to-head against BYU if they have the same record, which they do right now, do you see the Cougars, this week at least, jumping up to maybe number 14 with Baylor just ahead of them at number 13? I think that's a, a good possibility, Spencer, because the Auburn picked up their third loss. And there's a pretty good chance BYU will move ahead. But let's just assume for discussion that they move up to 14. They're in range of that top 12. And and the New Year Six is still in play for BYU. I mean, they don't have a win over a team that is ranked right now. But Utah has been playing lights out recently. They host 
Oregon in a couple of weeks, and they will probably play Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game. And if they go on and win out, or at least if they if they beat Oregon in one of those two games, especially if they win the Pac-12, it'll give them a lot of juice in the committee's eyes. So that's a positive thing. So BYU fans need to be really big Utah fans for the rest of the season. And then as far as uh, the rest of it goes, there's enough potential chaos ahead of BYU that if they take care of business, they could move up and get into a position to still make a New Year's Six game with two losses. What about Cincinnati, Trevor? They got the win, but just like in previous weeks, just a very unimpressive win, and it could have easily gone the other direction. But again, they got the win, and the committee's already told the Bearcats the reason they weren't in the top four and that they were placed at number six was because they didn't like the fact that they weren't blowing out these teams that they should. With another situation this past weekend of the exact same thing, what do you make of Cincinnati's chances of possibly moving up? Well, Jason, they're not giving the committee many reasons to move them up from a standpoint of style points, are they? I mean, they're undefeated. But the last three weeks, they have played down to the level of mediocre competition. I mean, Navy's not a very good team this year. Cincinnati beat them 27 to 20. The next week, they were ahead of Tulane, one and six at the time Navy or Cincinnati played them. And it was 14-12 at halftime. Finally, Cincinnati pulled away late, but it wasn't impressive. And then this game at Tulsa, you know, they, they had to stop Tulsa on eight plays inside the 12-yard line in the final three minutes in order to preserve that eight-point victory and not potentially take it to overtime. So the committee's looking at that, saying these are all teams with losing records, and Cincinnati is not blowing them out. But here's the thing. Cincinnati just might not need style points now that Michigan State has lost. Because if you look at what's happening up above Cincinnati, I mean, Michigan and Ohio State will play each other. That will cancel each other out, right? One way or the other, one of those teams will be up ahead of Cincinnati and one will not. Uh, what they need then is two things, basically. They need Cincinnati. They need Oregon to lose at least one, pick up their second loss. And they need Alabama or somebody else in the West, SEC West, to win out but then lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game by more than a touchdown. So it's not a close game. If that happens, then one SEC team will make it. No Pac-12 team will make it. And only one Big Ten team will make it. Nobody from the ACC. And so that would still give Cincinnati a really good chance at the fourth spot if those things happen. And those things are very plausible. It's not out of the question, even without style points. So much fun to watch all of this unfold. Obviously, BYU fans cheering for Cincinnati to get into that playoff because then it would open up seemingly another at-large spot that BYU could climb into. But we can discuss more of that as results continue to come out in the next three weeks. I do want to ask you, Trevor, about the actual game for BYU last Saturday against Idaho State. I know it's Idaho State, but BYU wins by 45. What was the best thing that BYU accomplished in a game they should have dominated? That they got out to such a big lead at halftime. Everybody expected them to. They did. It wasn't perfect, you know, turnover, things like that. But they got that big lead, which allowed the second half to be the half for the younger guys. Now, BYU is already playing a lot of younger guys. They have very few seniors on this team. And so most everybody will be back next year, although some underclassmen may go off to the NFL. But they were able to get some of the guys that were even younger than that into the game to get some experience. And that's important for next year because competition at every position is something that BYU needs to be able to compete at the highest level, especially as they move into the Big 12 in a couple of years. And by letting guys that are not just the young guys that are in the rotation play, but guys that are behind them 
get in and get some time. That's good. And so I don't mind at all that BYU, you know, struggled to move the ball in the second half, et cetera, et cetera. That's okay. Because a lot of that is not talent, but it's chemistry. And getting some of those guys on the field to get their feet wet allows them to understand what that what needs to happen for that chemistry to be built. So the fact that they went out to such a big lead at halftime really helps their depth going forward. BYU announced over the weekend that uh, Kingsley Suamataia, the, the transfer from Oregon, is now at BYU. And I'm not asking you specifically about him. But when you have a five-star recruit out of high school that's now coming to BYU, and BYU's been able to get some commitments from other guys over the last couple of months, high-ranking recruits, whether or not you believe in star systems or not, it's still impressive. What are the optics of that with BYU starting to get the attention of these types of players? It is spectacular, especially with BYU going into the into the Big 12 to be a Power 5 team in a couple of years. Because now, top recruits will take another look at BYU as a possibility, and some of them will like what they see, things that they wouldn't have seen had they not considered BYU to start with. So you talk about you're, you're a four- and five-star recruit. You're seeing other guys either commit to BYU or have BYU in their finalist list. And you're saying, well, why in the world? What, what do they see there? Maybe I should check them out. Including uh, a five-star defensive back out of Florida that has BYU now in their top five. And that might change, but that list includes Alabama, Ohio State, Florida, Georgia, guys like that, teams like that. And so other highly recruited players will see, okay, who's being recruited by Alabama? Wait a minute, he's also being recruited by, he's also might go to BYU? Who's being recruited by Ohio State? Wait, he also has BYU on his list? Those kinds of things really help from a standpoint of not just the optics, but the, the ability to get in the door to make a pitch. All those guys obviously won't come to BYU, but more will take a look. And because of that, some will come. Trevor, for the record, you are a five-star analyst, and I hope you know that. I appreciate you saying that. That's uh, five on a scale of, of four to 25. <laughs> <laughs> come on now. Hey, it's great to talk to you. We always appreciate it. Another Manage Monday. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. All right, coming up, hey, we just mentioned him. You will hear from the newest BYU Cougar five-star offensive lineman, Kingsley Sua Mataia. And which player honored for BYU last Saturday is most likely to flip the script and come back for one more season? This is BYU Sports Nation. Please, all of them. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Men's basketball tipping off the regular season tomorrow night on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Watch as the Cougars host Cleveland State. Coverage begins with countdown to tip off at 9.30 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. Uh, shameless plug for the radio pregame, Cougar pregame live with myself, Greg Rubel, Mark Durant at uh, 9 Eastern time. All right, he is Jason Shepard, part of that Cougar pregame live, and I am Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation right now on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Of course, you can interact with the show at any point throughout today. Follow us on the five major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's whip it, shall we? Let's. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. All right, I'm going to give you some of the players that were not seniors, 
that were honored on Saturday. Tyler Algier, James Impey, Matt Criddle, Lopini Katoa, Joe Tukawafu, Gunnar Romney, Drew Jensen, Neil Powell, Earl Toyoti Mariner, JT Gentry, Jason Money. Which of the BYU players honored on Saturday do you expect to return next year? Of that list? Of that list. Give me somebody. Lopini Katoa. Okay. Because of what BYU brings back on the offensive line, and knowing that he likely will have an increased role with Tyler Algier leaving early, and there being huge question marks about what remains after Algier and Katoa. If I'm Lopini, I'm absolutely trying to take advantage of that opportunity. BYU, of course, is going to go after the transfer portal, you would think, and look for another big name to join the likes of Jackson McChesney and Hinkley Rapati and Miles Davis. But, yeah, I think Lopini is the guy out of that list that is most likely to come back, though my heart says... Gunnar Romney. <laughs> yeah. You will Yes, return. yes. I'm going to use the word, you will return to BYU. Okay, so I, I'm going to go with Gunnar. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Gunnar because I, I'm with you. I think it really boils down to Lopini or Gunnar. I, I, because you went with Lopini, I'm going to say Gunnar. And again, maybe it's you know trying to put those good vibes out there to get him to come back. But I can certainly see a role for him, obviously, next year. But also the, the opportunity to increase his stock by coming back. So I'm, I'm going to say Gunnar Romney. And Neil Pau and Tyler Algier... Thanks to Uriah Leotawa, Lopa, letting some things slip. At least right now, I feel like they're mentally, they're, it's, it's moving on. Right. Right? They're moving on. I'd love, oh man, the more the merrier. Joe Tukawafu, come on back. Neil, come on back. Let's go. Let's run it back. This is really strange, though. Look, everything about the last two years have been strange. N- nothing's normal. But to, to have guys that, you know, that it's not just seniors. It's a, it's a lot of guys just making these decisions. It's, it's just different. Brett McMurphy and Stuart Mandel, both friends of the program, project BYU and UTSA in the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. Is that a best-case bowl scenario at this point, Jason? It will never be the best-case scenario, so no. <laughs> We're all holding any out point, hopes for a New Year's at any point. But if BYU does indeed have to fulfill their obligation to play in the Independence Bowl, I've said it before, I would much prefer BYU to play an independent, or sorry, uh, an undefeated team in the Independence Bowl. If it's not Coastal, they lost. It's UTSA, great. Yeah, if BYU has to go to the Independence Bowl, play UTSA, a ranked matchup right. potentially. All right, is landing a five-star player like Kingsley Suamataia a one-off or a sign of things to come? Well, based on the other things happening on social media over the weekend, it feels like there might be more, Jason, which is really exciting. I- uh, but based on history, it's probably a one-off right now. Until I see another join, then yeah. we can be like, okay, now now it's a trend. Yes. Yeah, I- I'm with you right now. It, it feels like a one-off, but the, you cannot ignore the buzz from high, highly touted recruits towards BYU right now. You couple cannot of four ig- stars. You cannot ignore that. Yeah, a couple so, of four stars and a five star in the yes. last month. The, uh, the, the future is bright, as they like to say. Hey, we've got your Monday uniform watch for the Georgia Southern game a week from Saturday. BYU will be wearing the Royal Satake uniform combination. All whites with the Royal helmet. I like this yep. a lot. Where does this combo rank on your uniform scale this year? Um, Very, very high. And look, and I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to go out on a limb. We, this, this is out there. I would be okay if BYU permanently went with either the all-royal helmet or the all-navy helmet. I would be fine not wearing the white helmet anymore. What? I love those helmets so much. I would be fine making those the helmets. Jason, I'm, you, I'm fine. 
That's a little bit of blasphemy in no, the uniform blasphemy. That is not blasphemy. No more white helmet ever? That that all-royal helmet I know, is it's so awesome. But you're taking away what Jim McMahon and BYU won the national championship in the white helmet. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't love it, and, it, and I'm, they're not going to get rid of the white. I'm just saying I would be okay. <laughs> I love those that much. They are very clean. It's very, very that, cool. That's a great look. I love the combination they're going to wear against Georgia Southern. That, that might be my favorite this season, seriously. Right there, that blue helmet with the all-white, so clean. All right, who wore the lost bet shaved head better, Kyle Griffiths or Jerem Jordan? Uh, it's Kyle Griffiths. I think we both are in agreement. Yep, Kyle Griffiths. Uh, and my wife's reaction tells me everything I need to know <laughs> because she's like, Kyle keeps saying he looks bad. She's like, I think he looks just fine. Yeah, she's like, not many guys can pull that off, a mustache with a shaved head. And you brought up a great point with the military shirt. Yeah, it looks good. It looks great. It looks good. It looks, it looks, looks even better. You look clean cut, Kyle. Yes, All love, love for the Griffiths family. In the state of Florida, we need more Florida players to come to BYU. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up. Very nice. Prop pick results. Did Spencer break the tie between me and Brian? I picked once, Spencer. You should. It's embarrassing. Kingsley Suamataia, meet the newest five-star recruit at BYU. He joins the show next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Shaylee Gonzalez and the BYU women's basketball team begin their regular season tomorrow afternoon. Watch as the Cougars host Lipscomb at 6 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. When it became official on Friday morning that Kingsley Suomataia was indeed a member of the BYU football team. We brought him right into Studio B. He is making his show debut right now. Five-star transfer from Oregon and a kid from Orem High School. Happy to be at BYU. Kingsley Suomataia, BYU Sports Nation all-access interview. It's always good to have the king in Studio B. Five-star type of day, and we are welcoming in now one of the newest members of the BYU football team, transfer from Oregon. His name is Kingsley Suamataia. Kingsley, welcome to Studio <laughs> oh, B and BYU Sports Nation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, we're more glad to have you here. We're very excited, man. That's awesome. How would you, how would you sum up your emotions over the past week? Um, it just feels like Christmas, you know, that first Christmas weekend. It just feels like opening presents, and it's just glad to be home. So, yeah. You're from Orem, and some we'll get into it, but some of your teammates from some of those championship teams are on the team, which is great. But obviously things didn't work out in Eugene, and here you are at BYU. So what went into the decision to come back to Utah County and play for the Cougars? Um, you know, um, the family environment, but on top of that, um, back in Oregon, you can't simulate your own family. So um, coming back and having my family here and going to be able to see them every Saturday we play and um, just the coaching, coaching staff, my bad, the coaching staff and having family on the staff and just having my brothers from high school on the team. So it, it's going to be nice. Yeah, we've watched the Nakua brothers come back and talk about a lot of the same things about how much they just miss their family and how great it is to be here and they're playing together. So uh, what have your conversations with uh, specifically former teammate Puka Nakua been like as uh, you were considering coming back to BYU? Um, it, it was good. You know, he I saw him, and he just said, take my time. He honestly didn't know I was coming here, and then he texted me first thing when the video dropped. He said, man, I love you. <laughs> 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 so it's nice. It's just nice having him as a 
you know, future that came before me and just following in his steps. So it's nice having him. What, what what was the moment when you knew, you know what, I need to go to BYU? Uh, the moment I knew, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I honestly didn't, you know, right as I hopped in the car with my dad, I was like, told him, I was like, BYU's, that's, that's where I want to go. And, you know, just having my family support me wherever I go, wherever I went, and I'm here, so I'm happy to be home. BYU was in your kind of final seven there, down to the wire. Um, how close were you coming to uh, to coming to BYU originally? It was close, you know. Um, it took a big step for me, you know. Um, I went to Oregon, and you know, it's not all about the flashy stuff, and um, I missed the family part and the spiritual side of it. So being home and um, you know, I learned family first. I mean, for, uh, put a family father first. And my family then football, so that's why I came here. So check those boxes for you. Yes, sir. Kingsley Suomataia is with us on BYU Sports Nation offensive lineman. What's your relationship with Kalani Satake and his staff like? Uh, it's, it's hard not calling them uncle. <laughs> Got to call them <laughs> coach. And uh, <laughs> I got my uncle Jason Ayu on the staff, my uncle Jack. Everyone's an uncle to me, so it just feels like – I. I'm home, I can be myself, and it's the relationship with Kalani is, you know, uncle, so <laughs> it's just hard not calling them uncle because it's still their job, so it's just nice having um, a relationship with everybody, so, yeah. So when Jack DeMuni is tweeting, he's going to tweet inevitably, that's my that, nephew. That's my nephew. That works, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that works. Okay. Let's talk about the video you put out. It was emotional. You played the uh, Coming Home song. I can't not get emotional when I hear that song. You're walking up the steps in the southwest corner, and it overlooks the stadium. You're with, were those your siblings? Mm -hmm. Two of my sisters. What was it like to record that and release that and get the overwhelming positive review from BYU fans? Just so excited for you. Uh, it's just a blessing, you know, having um, not only your family, but everyone that you don't even know supports you um it was a stress reliever once i got to do the video and i cried when i got in the car i was like i'm just happy and i i keep watching the video just listening to song like you guys you know just <laughs> i'm getting emotional thinking about the video right now I am. but yeah it was just a stress reliever so you went back to the car and cried yep why did you why did you cry it's the spirit <laughs> the spirit just hit me i just knew i have to be here and be home with my family and everybody else. So, I was struck by the names. That's what got me, <clears throat> the music, uh, and the names that you put up there. Are those relatives? Are those friends? Yeah, that's all my uncles that played here before me. And there were a lot of them. Yep. That was all my uncles and, you know, family friends, but still yeah. uncles. Yeah. I prefer them as uncles. And, and you, don't, you don't have to do what everybody has done in your family, per se. And you went and, and you know, somewhere else. But... There's something special about sort of continuing that legacy, right? Yeah, it is. It's just going to keep it going. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is quite the football lineage. Okay, let's talk football and how you fit into this BYU football team. What kind of impact do you expect to make for BYU football? Wherever they need me, honestly. I love left, left tackle, but wherever they need me on the line, if they need me passing water, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just nice to be home and nice to – and wherever fits on me sure. on the football team is where I was let how many father guide me through that. Sure, yeah. How do you feel about the prospect of protecting a guy like Jaron Hall? 
Oh, it's great. That's like my cousin right there, um, my Uncle Kaylin Hall. So. I was going to say, Kaylin was in the video. So there's yeah. a relation there? Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome. That's my dad's roommate <laughs> from back in college, so that's my uncle. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it's nice having them, so got to protect him. That's that's beautiful. He needs protection too. He's, <laughs> he's awesome. Um, you played left tackle. Obviously, that's kind of the spot. So, what are, what are we at right now? Six six, and then what are we weighing right now? I'm three thirty. Six six three thirty. Yes, Woo! Sir. That's awesome, man. Um, what what is it about? Um, you know, the BYU offensive line has been really good this year, and Tyler Algiers had a great year. Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like your sort of style of of offensive line play fits with BYU? Uh, I just keep going. <laughs> No, I, if I don't hear a whistle, then I got to keep going. So I just have a motor, and, and I just love playing the game. So, And what's it going to be like to maybe even block for Puka on a, like a jet sweep or something? You know? Oh, I'm going to meet him right at the end zone. <laughs> have our own little ce- celebration. <laughs> so, <laughs> little, yeah. little Orem High reunion, right? Yeah. And then there's Jacob Robinson and Hunter Hill who played on – you guys won four state titles, I mean, in a row. That's incredible. incredible. Yeah. What's it like to have that kind of – that Orem High gang there? It's great um, having – Puka, Ethan, Jacob, Hunter, um, and my my brother, friend, Josh Singh. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yep. it's just nice having the whole gang and just being ourselves on the sidelines. I'm already picturing it. It's just going to be great. <laughs> Do you have a favorite number? Are you, are you, like, gunning for a certain number that you want to wear you, at BYU? You were, what, 76? Yes, sir. Pick, is that... That's, did you lock that down already? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, we got to take <laughs> care of that. Whoever's 76 on the team right now is like, wait, what? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no you, you figured that good. out. You're good. You're good. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk eligibility. Um, people are wondering how much time you're going to have at BYU, when you're eligible. How's that all going to work out? Um, like how long I'm going to be here? Yeah. Um, I'm planning for two years and for the draft. That's, okay. that's just hey, my goal. I'm hey, to... <laughs> let's go. I like that because um, you're technically going to be, what, a redshirt freshman because you played in the one game yes, at sir. Oregon? Mm-hmm. So you'd have four years to play, but I love the goal of trying mm-hmm. to get to the NFL. And that matters, right? Like getting to the NFL is a goal that a lot of guys have. And last year, BYU had five guys in the draft. Yeah. Brady Christensen, a left tackle, mm-hmm. third round. It's it's a good spot to be able to do that, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. We're learning that Harris Lachance is number 76. So uh, Harris is willing to do things. He cut his hair. <laughs> so I think we're good. Yeah, we'll be fine. Oh, so good. Uh, Kingsley, what's your message to uh, all friends across Cougar Nation as you come back? Um, I'm just glad to be home, and thank you for all the support uh, from all over Cougar Nation, and uh, especially having my family here. And uh, it's just I'm glad to be home, and go Cougs. Yes, sir. Hey, it's great to have you here. We're so grateful that uh, you took some time to hang out with us in Studio B. So how it works here is whenever you visit the show, we have a thing called BYU Sports Nation Karma. And you can take it, you can implement it in your life, in your football game. Basically, things, good, good things are just going to get better for you. It's just, it's just the karma. Life, okay? life feels like it's going well for you. It'll go even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm hey. so glad to be on this show with you guys, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Kingsley Suomatai, a five-star recruit and transfer from Oregon. Great conversation. I, I, I mean this uh, two different ways. That is a big time yes. get. Yes. He yes, six six three three. That go. that is a that is he is he's going to look so good on the BYU offensive Let's line. Go. And it's it's awesome to hear how excited he is to be a part of this program. It's great. All right. Coming up, Jason, right. what do we got? Rise and shout out to a guy. We still have his back. Yeah. And did I close the gap on Jerem and prop picks? Ugh. 
if that's any indication. Yeah. This is your, BYU Sports Your Sports. tone speaks volumes. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We're only doing this because we have to. It's time for our Prop Picks recap after the Idaho State-BYU game. Number one, we asked how many first-half points will BYU score? I had 35, and I thought I was going to nail it. And then they scored a late touchdown to BYU to get to 42. Jaron picked 42 right on the nail, so he gets the first point. All right, number two, how many points will BYU give up to Idaho State on Saturday? That was the question. Jaron did not nail this one. I'd like to hear it. He said BYU would give up seven. Spencer, your pick of 10 was closer, as BYU obviously gave up 14. Point to you, my yes, friend. Yes, come on. All right, number three, how many total yards will the Nakua brothers combine for on Saturday? I said 181. Jaron had 176. Puka Nakua had 120. Receiving yards. Samson had 28 and 12 rushing. Do the math, that's 160 combined. Jason, if Samson catches that pass early in the end zone for that early touchdown that got overturned, then I probably win. It's okay, Samson. I thought it was a touchdown catch. But he didn't, con- yeah, whatever. What is a catch these days, Jason? I, I, who, who knows what a catch Updated is? Updated prop pick standings. Jerem, four. Uh, we've had two ties. I'm at one. You're at one. I've picked one week. How are you and I tied? Maybe we need to consult. We need to consult on how to beat Jerem. Unbelievable. Our question of the day. Did enough happen this weekend that results in a BYU football jump in the college football playoff rankings? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Jarrell Nichols on Instagram says, or Jarrell, I believe so. Teams above BYU losing, BYU dominating. It should help BYU move up some permanently wearing my blue goggles in hopes that BYU can make it to the Rose Bowl before that team up north. That's not happening this year. Yeah, probably Go not. Go Cougs. But it would be fun to get into a New Year's Six game before they do since joining the Pac-12, right? Yes. All right, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. I'm going to give it to Dan Sorensen. We got your back. Got your back, brother. To all the BYU football players honored on Saturday. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddox and Kingsley Suamataia. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Scott Pettis. We'll see you on the BYU TV app in two minutes for Coordinator's Corner with Greg Rebell. Go!